feel the spirit and, and just for a minute don't be worried or be concerned who is standing with you let it just be between you and God feel that your soul is glad because you had worshipped God can you pray that the word of God will be planted in your soul, within your spirit, in your heart that you will bear good fruit can we make one prayer as our worship minister lead us praise the Lord oh my soul let it be a prayer so you will receive the blessing and the word of God today chapter 7 Luke chapter 7 I'm going to read from Luke chapter 7 verses uh, 11 to 17 Luke chapter 11 Luke chapter 7 11 to 17 soon afterward Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. Amen? Amen? And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Oh, yes. And they were filled with awe. 
and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. This is the word of God. Amen. Amen? This is the word of God. Isn't it awesome and powerful? Isn't the word of God powerful? It's the word of God that gives lives and resurrects the soul. And this is the word of God that God has prepared you to resurrect your soul. That Christ is enough one day at a time. Live one day at a time. Take one step at a time with Jesus because he is enough. Last week I asked you to think about why do you worship your God? Why do you worship your God? And I gave, I didn't ask you to respond immediately because I wanted you to think about it during the week. I don't know whether you thought about it. But as I was talking to this young Muslim woman here in the hallway right here, uh, they're not going to give you a lot of time ahead to answer questions, right? I'm going to give you like two months and one day and an hour and I'll meet you that time. This is the question I'm sending ahead. So be prepared. No. Be ready in season. Out of season. To tell about why you worship God. Because we are doing the series Live Like Jesus. So the question was asked, why do you worship your God? And the husband is there. And, well, the man is there. I don't know whether it was the husband. I'm sorry. We didn't go that far. And, uh, and he's talking. He's explaining. And I was also thinking, okay, what answer should I give from all the knowledge that we have? Um, after all the conversation, I said uh, three lines. One is, the God that I worship helps me identify who I am. And also the reason why I exist here on earth. That's the reason why I worship him. And I'm doing what I'm doing because of my identity and my identification and the purpose and meaning that I have because of that. And I want to offer you Jesus to you who will also tell you who you are and why you're here. And, and she looked at me and said, Wow, this, that is new to me. Can you please give me some time to accept that offer? Right? This is a 60-second six, conversation here. At the, this is an elevator conversation at the most 120 seconds. Uh, I said that because that's my calling. I am called by God to invest in people's life that they will find the purpose and meaning of their life and to identify who they are and to know why they are here on earth. And I will do everything to do that. That's my calling. So I am able to answer that. Now when the conversation goes longer, I will be able to talk about my God, my Savior, uh, uh, our shortcomings, our sins, uh, the crucifixion, the resurrection. But this is... People want to know, why do you worship your God? And to articulate that, 
Two, three sentences within 60 seconds can change somebody's life. It can be a make or break. This is really important for all of us. So I want to ask the question again. Why are you here this morning? And why do you worship your God? So, the series that we are doing here this morning is love. Abundant love. I have given you stages, right? And there are eight stages. There are eight stages here. So, we, we have the first series was to live. To live like Christ. And the point is that we want somebody to live like Christ. But in order to get there, there are stages. The second one was to look, right? To look at the people that are around you. Be attentive. Who are the people that are in your space? What kind of food they eat? What kind of song they sing? Where do they go? You know, don't be over-religious people that you are not able to notice the people that are around you, which restaurant they go, where the kids, where, where do they go to school. When you, when you look and notice this thing, then you, will want, then you will want to learn about them. Because if you have people of other faith and people from other country who are your neighbors, then you are going to want to learn about them, right? So you look, you notice, pay attention, then you learn. After you learn about who they are, then you go and listen to their story. Where did they come from? What are they experiencing in their daily life? You know, what is, what is it like to live in Silicon Valley? Then you will have this connection. You will have this connection. So you live, you look, you learn, you listen. By this time, you would have made some friendship with that person. Okay? This is a process. So he or she may ask you about, Hey, by the way, what about you? What do you do? Where do you go? Why do you go to church? Why do you go to small group on Wednesday? Where is it that you're going? Then you're going to start talking about life. The new life that you have found in Christ. Okay? You're not going to start with this new life the moment you hit somebody on the road. Or you meet somebody uh, the first day. Because you don't know how they will receive that. Right? So we are coming to the six stages. And that is love. This is the time you're going to share the gospel in full. Because you have made relationship in all this. And this may have taken you over a year or more. For some of you, this, to arrive to this stage six, maybe like two years. For my wife and I, it has taken like two and a half years, sometimes three years to come to this point. Okay? So you're not looking at one week, two weeks. It is an investment in people's life. So I want to talk about that. Right? I want to talk about that, how people can belong. How, how people can become a part of the body of Christ. And welcoming, a genuine welcoming is the beginning of belonging. And that is very important. That is very important. This is one thing we do, like on Sunday morning. What, what do you do, pastor? Uh, you don't have anything to do. Yeah, that's true. I don't have anything to do, right? So on a Sunday morning around 9.15, uh, we gather in my office. And these are new people that has come to our church. These are visitors that has come to our church. 
So what we do is we want to give them a good welcome. And so we can get to know each other where we came from. In this small gathering, how many people, group of people are here? We have people from Poland, American here, Korean, Indian. Even in this six, seven group there, like four nations gathered there, right? It's going to take time to get to know each other. But the first step is to welcome one another uh, uh, genuinely so they can find a place to belong. And how can this happen? Compassion and love. If you don't have love, you cannot welcome people. If you do not have love, you cannot welcome people. You will tolerate their presence. Okay? But tolerance is not celebration. There are a lot of people from all over the world here, sitting here. And we tolerate their presence. Oh, I know. He's from Portugal. He's from Brazil. He's from India, he's from Vietnam, he's from China. I know, they sit there. That is tolerance. But love compels us to come together and to belong. And I want to talk about that love today. So, one of the things that love causes us, the the, the three things that I want to talk about, the trinity of love for our context. One of the things that love allows us to, uh, to experience is what? The awareness of love, right? I want to talk about the awareness of love. So, it happened that the day after, what is that day after? They had a, mi- a miracle had happened. The military commander had come to Jesus and said, my servant is ill. You know, come and heal. Uh, so Jesus was say, okay, let's go and pray. And say, no, no, I'm a man of authority. I tell my soldiers to go, and they go. Come, and they come. You don't have to come to my house. You just give the direction and command, and my servant will be okay. And Christ was, I, have seen, I haven't seen anyone like this in Israel. A man of faith like this. And he said, let it be according to your faith. And when he went home, the servant was healed. Right? The centurion's servant. So this is right after this. So because of that, a day after, crowds have been following. So Jesus was going to a city in Nain. Nain or Nain, okay? Whatever you want to use it. So people are following him. Now this is not a big city. It's not like a popular big city. He was going to a village. Like an obscure village. And sometimes when you're popular, where do you go? You go to a big stadium. Right? You hold rally in a stadium, fill them up. But the, 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 everything that Jesus does has a meaning. So he went. And he went to Nain, and a lot of people were following. And then he saw a crowd of people coming down the street. Every day when we go out here, there are hundreds of cars and Hundreds and thousands of people that passes by us. Without love, we will be not be aware of what people are going through. Jesus could have ignored those crowd. He could have just walked past by. I mean, he's the center of attraction. He's the focus. Not this crowd that are passing by. 
But one thing that Jesus noticed because of compassion, the love that he has, what did he notice? He noticed the widow. See, he noticed the crowd that are following the widow and they are mourning and crying. He's stopping there. I was invited to do a funeral. And it's a funeral of a prematurely born baby, young couple. I didn't know I didn't know them well. I didn't know the family well. At least one part of the family I knew. And I was praying very hard. How am I going to do this? This is very hard for me, as a father, having three kids. And I prayed, and I also was praying for the people that will come. And uh, in San Jose, I drove down there, uh, Oak Hill, right? Oak Hill funeral. And I was praying the whole time, and people started coming in. Lots of people are coming in. A lot of young people are coming in, and I'm praying more. And I did the funeral, and it was very difficult. People were crying. The young couple, it was difficult for them too. Uh, and I was ministering to strangers that I don't know. Uh, but I shared hope, the hope of God that we have in Christ. That the place that this little baby has in Christ, that this baby is with God. Right? That this baby's soul has returned to the one who has created and I talk about the beauty of heaven and the graciousness of God and the open arm. That was the message that I gave to those people that came there, young people, families that were crying. I want to pause the story there, okay? And resume. We're going to end this together, this story. Because the context, I want to share how Jesus interacted with this widow and how I interacted with this couple that have lost a baby and what will happen at the end okay because it's to live like Jesus we have to love and, and, and point them to God and see the transformation and change that is happening so what is happening here is that love gives us unusual insights love gives us unusual insights into the lives of people you meet every day Love stops you by loving. Be loving in the midst of misfortune. All of us have misfortune. One of the greatest misfortune is losing somebody that you love. A mother losing the only son is a great misfortune. And it will be different from everyone. But all of us have experienced misfortune in our life at a certain point of time. And if we don't have love of God, if we don't have the compassion of God, we're going to miss all these people that walk by us and not have any connection with them. Are you getting it? Yes? It is love. Love is the beginning of commitment to sharing the gospel. Without compassion, you wouldn't be sharing the gospel the good news to anybody. I can, I can guarantee you that. Take compassion and love out of your heart and you won't be sharing the good news to anyone. 
because compassion and love is the beginning to commitment to share the gospel and the good news to other people. So be loving in the midst of great misfortune. Just as Christ noticed the mother, the widow. She, she is a mother and also a widow who has lost her only son. And she's, he noticed because he has the love of God. Being aware of her pain. Notice the tears. Why did he do that? Why would he do that? You know why? Because love seeks the least and the lost. He came to seek and save that which was lost. See, Jesus always lived true to his intention and purpose in life. Live like Jesus. Everything that he does, he does it with purpose. And there is a meaning to it. So let's move on. That's the awareness of love. Are you aware of people uh, people that are around you? When When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. This is very important for us to know that many of the miracles that Christ has performed, do you know what precedes the miracle? Do you know what precedes the mighty act? Do you know what precedes the signs and wonder? Do you know? Do you know the secret, my friends? Do you know the secrets? It's compassion. You go back and read from Luke, Matthew, Mark, and even in John, what precedes this great mighty acts and signs of wonder? He said, he had compassion on the people. And then he fed the 5,000. He had compassion on the widow and raised the son from the dead. Compassion is the seed of love, right? It is, it is the, it, 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 it's the core of who you are. It's the bowel movement, Okay? I mean, in Greek, actually, it's the bowel movement. It moves in the bowel that you can't you can stay still. When you have that compassion, you are going to go get up and act upon what you see, what you're aware of. So we're looking at the action of love. The action of love is what? Jesus saw this widow. He was not just being aware. He wasn't tolerating the widow in his presence, Right? He has compassion. He was aware of it. And what was the action of that love? He went to her. He had compassion on her. And he actually spoke to her and said, Do not weep. Do not weep. Resume. So the couple, one of the family member, one of our church member, family member said, Pastor, this young couple's uh, going through a difficult time. It would be great if you can pray with them. Would you be willing to count, give them counsel? Right? Counseling. Said, I'll be willing to, if they're open to it. So we did a back and forth and text. And uh, 
they came for counseling to my office. And they shared their pain and their journey. And I just listened. Uh, the, the pain of a mother losing a child is, I can't describe it. I cannot describe it. I think no parents should bury their children for me, right? That would be one of the most difficult things to do. So I, 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 I could not comprehend the pain. I was asking the Holy Spirit of God to help these two young couple as they came and shared their pain. They, they talk about that uh, they were not really going to church. As a matter of fact, uh, they were upset with the church and angry with the church. That the church have put them down and talked to them, make them feel like they're worthless. Uh, and there was a lot of hurt and pain. And I sat there and listened, and I am the church. I am representing the church. So I, there is a, a, a healing to be done for the loss of a baby and the loss of community and belonging in a church. And now I have to pray and work with these two things. Can I do that without compassion? Can I do that without love? Right. I have to dig deep into it to have love and compassion to these young people, not forming a rebuttal to say how good the church is and how the church is loving. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom. So the Holy Spirit led me to talk about how children were being blessed. How the, the face of the angels were before the face of the children all the time in Matthew, right? We talk about these things. We talk about the innocence of children. How in Deuteronomy, that God has a place for people like that. Even in Old Testament, not just New Testament. People that had, were mentally challenged that cannot make their own mind how God has already prepared a room and a place for them. It's in Deuteronomy. And also, uh, that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to become like a child. So there is no doubt in me that this little one that has died is in the bosom and the arm and embrace of God. And I was sharing that to this couple. And then tears started rolling down. Tears started rolling down. Uh, let's pause there, okay? See, because love gives you uh, the unusual ability to touch people in your everyday life. This doesn't come from you. It comes from it. It just gives you unusual ability to touch people and touch their heart. You know. So, what do we need to do? Be loving in the midst of immense grief. Don't judge people. People are grieving. Don't tell them it's your mistake. You know, you call it upon yourself. You deserve this pain and misery. You have been a horrible person all your life and you deserve it. I am so happy you're suffering. That's what we do. We don't say it out, but you know, 
I'm glad a little suffering is good for that person. No, no, no. Love. Be loving in the midst of grief. Be loving in the midst of grief. You know why? Because love heals the brokenhearted. Love heals the brokenhearted. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. So you are aware, the awareness of love, the action of love, and if you deeply love and allow God to work through you, love has a great authority. The authority of the love of God. Love gives you the unusual power to move the hearts of people in your everyday life. So I said to that mother, that young mother, and I said, Your child is in the hand of God. Your child is eternally with God. And I looked at her and said, What about you? You know, he said, Oh, I want to be where my child is. That's what she said to me. Actually, that's the line that came. I, I want to be where my child is. I want to know where she is. And I said, Thank you, God. And I said, Oh, your child is with God. Your child is in the hands of God. Do you want to go where your child is? And she said, yes, in her tears. Then I said, then Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Yes. Right? If you, if you confess with your mouth and want to receive Jesus in your heart, you can be with your child. When the time comes, when your time comes, would you want to do that? And she said, yes. I want to believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? And the couple, the man who had a hard heart toward the church, not his fault because of the pastors, you know, who looked down on him because he had some tattoos on their body. He used to sing in the worship team, not allowing to play and sing, taking away the things that they love because they have tattoos. That love melted his heart too. And she gave her life to Christ. I want to finish this. Look here. See? Be loving in the midst of death. Okay? You know why? Because love resurrects the soul. It's love that resurrects the dying soul. Here. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God. And a great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And all throughout Judea and the country, they heard about this. When there is a demonstration of love, when there is a demonstration of love, you know what? The direction of the heart of people changes. You know that? When there is a demonstration of love in your everyday life, the direction of the heart changes. And what is the direction of the heart that changes? The changed direction is devotion to God. See? So, I say, and then we talk about, I talk to this young couple, and she says she will, she will get baptized. 
Right? So we had baptism class, and we, she was baptized here in our church. And she brought her families, and they witnessed her baptism. And that's not over. That's not over. It's not over yet. But when they were there in the office, and I say, I'm going to pray for you guys that God will bless you. God will bless you with his inheritance, that whatever you have lost physically, that God will compensate through his compassion to both of you. Do you know what happened, my friends? Here, last year, I dedicated a baby for both of them. Right? Yes. Look at the journey. Jesus was aware of the misfortune of a widow, so he stopped. And that awareness called into action, so he went, actually, to the widow and said, don't weep. That action, right? He pulled, he used his authority to raise the son from the death. What was the impact of that? The impact of that the fear of the Lord came upon the people. And the hearts of the people were changed, the direction to where? To give glory to God. If we are to make any difference where we live, we cannot do it without love. Absolutely impossible to do anything without love. So, diversity is not an accomplishment. You think that, oh, we are diverse, we have arrived. No, it's the beginning. It's just the beginning. Unity is an accomplishment. Right? Tolerance is not an accomplishment. Oh, I tolerate. I have some Asian friends. I have some African-American friends. I have some Caucasian friends. We're friends. We go out and eat sometimes. I tolerate them. That's not an accomplishment. What is an accomplishment? Celebration of one another is an accomplishment. Right? So what does it take? For, have, for us to have unity and celebration, what does it take, my friends? Compassion. 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 And when, yes, 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 compassion. It takes compassion. You know, so we have to commit to compassion every day. Every day. Commit to it more, a little bit more, and then commit again to love one another. Then we can see the transformation. To change. I'm going to ask the worship team to come, right? And get ready. Here, let me tell you one thing. See, in this story, I want to say this. People, how good they are, right? People, how good they are, are not the gospel. Okay? People, how good they are, are not the gospel. What is the gospel? That Jesus came to this world. He died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. That the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses and washes us. That is the gospel. So how good people are, people are not the gospel. And doing is not the gospel. 
Doing is not the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. So we can go to a youth camp. We can go to a mission trip. We can go to a youth trip. We can have cool t-shirts and write our website or whatever. And, you know, go out in the mall. That still is not the gospel. It's a noble act. But what is the gospel? Jesus is still the gospel. That he died for us. He rose again. Right? And that he's coming back. That's the gospel. Right? So, and being... It's not the gospel. We used to say this cool thing. It's very cool. I like it. Sometimes you are the only Jesus uh, to the people that are not there. That's a nice saying, isn't it? Actually, but there is only one Jesus. Okay? You can be ambassador for Jesus, but you can never be Jesus because you are not the gospel. You can be a representation of the gospel. You can be an ambassador of the gospel. The gospel is what? That Jesus came to this world. He died for you. He was buried and He rose again. That if you believe in Him, if you confess with your mouth, that you will be safe. That's the gospel. Right? That is the gospel. And how do we do that? We do that with love. Don't go crazy like I did just here. <laughs> I was giving you a demonstration that people were like, what's going on here? Right? Just be loving in your own way. Do the simple things right. Let's be on our feet. And love is calling out to everyone here in this place. So this morning, if you want to rededicate your life, will you please walk forward? We want to pray for you. If you want to give your life to Christ, start anew. Come here or at the back. We want to pray. You have great gifts and you feel like God is calling you to make a difference and you want to become a member of this body of Christ. Please walk forward. We want to pray with you, right? So let's praise and worship God. Let's pray.